Well, hello and welcome to the Edgewood 4G podcast of uh, Edgewood Baptist Church in Rock Island, Illinois. My name is Kyle Parks. I'm the discipleship pastor here and excited today to interview one of my buddies, Dylan Fugate. Dylan, tell us a little about yourself. Uh, my name is Dylan Fugate. Uh, I've lived in the Quad City area my whole life. Um, I am a husband, my wife, Sarah. Uh, we have two boys, Oliver and Jackson. Um, been coming to Edgewood for about five years, uh, shortly before the pandemic started. Okay. All right. Very cool, man. So uh, Dylan and I, I've gotten to know him probably the last year or so. We've been in a growth group, small group together that meets at the Williams House, Moline. And so we've gotten to know him and hear his story. And it was probably, what was it, back this summer or something, yeah. uh, Dylan shared his story. And I didn't really know a lot about your story. I mean, we were still kind of new uh, in the group and all of that. And man, it just blew us away. And I think there were people with tears in their eyes just after sharing your story, man. It was just so powerful. And so we wanted to bring Dylan on here uh, today and just interview him, hear his story. And so, yeah, Dylan, it's kind of what I'm thinking about uh, as a way to structure this when you think about people's testimonies and and sharing their story of how God saved them is kind of sharing a little bit about your life before Christ, uh, yeah. what that was like, maybe your growing up years and, and all of that. Um, and then what, what happened when you came to faith in Jesus Christ? And then now, what is your life like uh, now after being saved and uh, continuing to walk with him? So you take it away, man. Go for it. Yeah. Um, I, I really like to share this. Um, I'm, I'm happy to be here. And I just, uh, through all this, I, I pray that God gets, God just gets absolutely glorified. Absolutely. Um, you know, I grew up, uh, I had... Two brothers that lived with me and uh, my dad, we, he was a single dad, um, grew up and didn't have a whole lot of money. There's, There were some times there when we were, I was really young that we were really struggling. And then um, throughout my teen years, um, my brothers and I were kind of left to our own devices a little bit, Okay. Um, which we know that never ends super well, but <laughs> right. um, it was just a not a home life that was conducive to... Um, just a good future to, you know, doing well in school or, um, you know, doing the things you need to as a, as a young adult. Did you um, grow up going to church at all? I never went to church. Okay. Uh, well, I mean, I went to a Catholic's mass one time when I was like eight. Yeah. Um, I always knew about God, never knew a whole lot about Christ. Mm-hmm. Um, always believed in God, always had some level of faith, just okay. not knowing what that meant. Yeah. Um, but, uh, you know, by the time I was done with high school, I was working in a factory. Um, at that time I had a girlfriend and we had our first child, Oliver. Um, you know, in my early twenties, I was more focused on partying and doing things that I felt I needed to do or wanted to do. Um, so that relationship with my children's mother um it was it was a rough one yeah um you know we we didn't have god we didn't focus on the right things Mm. um you know i went to work paid the bills and beyond that um i didn't do anything else i was probably supposed to be doing yeah um so struggled through my early 20s quite a bit ended up having my second child, Jackson, when I was 24, um, at that point in time, you know, their mom and I were fighting quite a bit. We, uh, 
we did not get along. Yeah. <laughs> did not get along. Um, yeah. After Jackson was born, um, probably about a year later, we were starting to use drugs. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we started with pills and then progressively got a little bit worse. Um, there was a point in time where their mother just up and left. So I've got mm. two boys on my hands and, you know, trying to work a full-time job and n- not having much support around me that I needed to, yeah. to be able to make something like that work. Um, so at that point I just had, I had them all the time and trying to figure out work. And then, um, I ended up struggling with that quite a bit and I was still using pills and things like that. I, uh, around January of 2018, I let their mother come back and live with me. And at that time she introduced me to some other drugs, some harder things. Mm-hmm. Um, and we started using meth. Okay. Um, so that was not just great decision, you know, number 99 in my life. Um, I do want to say that no one gets to that point in their life and makes that decision being extremely happy with where they're at. Um, most, I was extremely depressed. Um, so when we started using, um, it started to take over immediately, you know, um, wasn't, but maybe a month in that I stopped going to work. Um, stopped paying bills. Um, you know, I had some savings that we lived off for a while. Um, but by May of that year, um, we got kicked out of the apartment we were in. So, and the kids were with you? Yes. Okay. Yeah. So we, at that point we went and stayed with her parents for a short while. Um, when we were there, um, things continued to get worse, You, you know, it's, it's, it's a downhill spiral and it happens pretty quickly. Um, when we were there during that time though, there's the blessing in all of this, all of this badness. Um, I was ready to give up. My Jeep was stolen. So when my Jeep was stolen, you know, obviously you're freaking out. You don't know what to do. Um, (laughs) you know, it was, it wasn't, uh, something I was expecting, but I did eventually get it back um, a couple days later. When I got it back, obviously the first thing you do is kind of look through it, see what's happened. Right. See um, what's missing. Right, yeah. right. So when I got it back, I kind of went through it. And in the back, there was a book. Um, it was an anchor for your soul. That was, uh, I don't know how or why it was there, but um, I found it and I didn't think anything of it at first, but uh, a couple days later, I started reading it. So it's um, this book here. Yes. Thank for your soul, Ray Pritchard. So it wasn't yours. No. So your dream was stolen. Correct. And then when you got it back, this book was in here. Yes. And from the person who had stolen your vehicle. Yes. <laughs> and in this book, on page 13, I uh, believe, 14, Yeah. is a sinner's prayer. Okay. Um, and I read that and I was sincere. Okay. Um, and I didn't, didn't know what that meant. Um, I finished reading that book that night. Um, at that moment, it wasn't, 
a lightning bolt that came down from the heavens and, and said, you know, angel singing, all this. <laughs> yeah. No, I didn't realize what I had done, but I was mm. sincere. Yeah. Uh, I was ready to just give up. Yeah, because you're at the end of your rope and you're willing to pray or do anything to right, for you a know, change. Um, yeah. It was a week later. Um, I was at a house and I ended up overdosing. Mm. Um, and I swear that night that I met... I met Jesus. Um, from that point forward, I remember waking up in the hospital, not mm. remembering my name, remembering who I was, and just remembering what I saw and what I felt that evening. Um, I don't know how you describe it. Mm. Vision, trance, I don't know. I don't. I try not to lean on that sure. experience too much, but yeah. um, from that point forward, I knew something was different. Yeah. Um, I didn't stop using immediately. Uh, it wasn't a immediate thing because, you know, I'm still me and I'm still very hard-headed and stubborn. Mm. So at that point, I started, well, let me back up. I guess after that moment, after that night, I was homeless. Um, so I remember wandering around. I mean, I guess I don't know what homeless people do. Right. But uh, I remember wandering around and just talking to God all the time. Mm. Um, and then when I'd be around other people talking about God to them, again, not knowing maybe but one or two Bible verses. Um, you know, at this point, life's still pretty rough, but I, I've made the decision that I think, you know, I want to get out of this lifestyle and yeah. start getting right. What so what I don't think many people know is how difficult it is. Mm. Um, it was months and months before I got out of it, yeah. and it wasn't my own doing at that time either. Yeah. Um, so, jeez, uh, just walking around the Quad Cities for a while. And this whole time, my kids are still at their grandparents' house. Um, their mom is now gone as well. I don't know where. Um, DCFS is getting involved. Um, mm -hmm. In November of 2018, they were removed from our custody officially. Okay. Um, that was a that was a tough one. Um, looking back, it was it was definitely necessary. Mm -hmm. um, you know, um, I was really by that point trying to trying to get better. Um, I tried going to stay with a, a friend. Um, you know, they didn't want me to be around. Um, you know, so they bought me a ticket down to Arizona, and I stayed there for a little while. Um, Did you know somebody there? Yeah, yeah. There's okay. someone I knew growing up. Uh, gotcha. was my friend's dad. So okay. stayed there for a couple of weeks, and then coming back, I uh, I got I took the train down, and I come back, I took the train. Um, I thought I had a ride set up in Galesburg to pick me up. Okay. I didn't. So now I'm... Um, in a place I really don't know with no money, nothing. So for the first time in my life and the only time I, I pray, but I held up a sign trying to get money for a ride or okay. um, trying to get back. Um, it wasn't until a week and a half later that I was able to um, get back to the Quad Cities. Okay. Um, you know, through this whole time that I was homeless, um, 
it's tough to explain what you should do in that situation. Yeah. How, how do you spend your time? I just, I remember countless hours just walking and talking to God. And I, I will, I'll say that I had the closest relationship with the Lord that I think wow. I could ever have. Cause I mean, I, you're completely relying on him. One, you don't have anybody else to talk to either. 100%. Yeah. You know, so there was, there was God's presence there and just remembering how dark those days were mm. and knowing he was there. Yeah. That was, that was special. And I, I look back at those times and I, I miss that closeness because wow. you don't have a choice, but when you're in that, yeah, in that place to grow closer to God, um, I would love to have that amount of meditation and that time with him. And, um, but in this whole time, I'm just knowing things are going to be okay, yeah. praying for it and just getting a sense that it's, everything's going to be okay. Yeah. Um, come, December of 2018 towards the end is after, well, I guess this would have been after New Year's, so 2018. Anyhow, um, I ended up getting real sick. Um, you know, obviously living that lifestyle is not healthy for you. So I ended up getting real sick. I ended up, I didn't think anything of it. Um, but I ended up walking through the snowstorm to go to the emergency room. Um, when I got there, they actually t- like took me in and put me in a room, which <laughs> at that point, you, you know, something is wrong. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, they did a bunch of tests and they found out my blood was septic. Okay. Wow. Um, which I, I, I don't think I ever understood the gravity of that, but uh, I was there for three, four, five days. Um, while they had me on a constant IV of antibiotics. Um, in that time, it was like, negative 30 degrees it was probably this time about five years ago actually oh i remember yeah. that that storm holy cow yeah. so it, it was cold, cold. It, it was cold that whole the whole week and i'm just trying to figure out because my brain's like what do i do next mm-hmm. what do them what do i do when they discharge me you know where am i going to go um and i had this nurse i don't know her name but she went above and beyond um trying to help me she ended up finding me a room at the Salvation Army okay. ARC, so the rehab center in Davenport. Um, and she got me a ride there, and, you know, I'm kind of thinking in the back of my head, like, do I want to be here? Do I need to be here? You know, just those yeah. those type of thoughts that creep up. I, I don't know. I guess I'd still be prideful. Mm. Um, so I wasn't sure that I wanted to be there. You know, I know I didn't want to continue to use and be homeless, and that, yeah. that was all not fun, but... Um, God led me there. And then that time, those first few weeks, which really are the hardest for people trying to change and adapt. And, um, I'm thinking there's a couple of people in there that I know, um, and they're talking about leaving. I'm like, well, maybe that wouldn't be the worst idea. But then again, it's negative 30, 40, 50 with the wind chill and all that. Um, so in those three weeks, you get a moment to breathe to eat, to rest, um, to talk with people, um, form relationships. Cause I mean, you're living with eight or 10 guys in a room and yeah. you're going to work with them every day. And, um, by week number three, I remember watching a couple, a couple other people graduate from that program. Okay. Um, and just thinking, man, that's, that's gotta be nice. It's gotta be a special feeling. And then at that point I decided 
I wanted to stay. Um, I ended up completing the program. Um, it's a six month program and then okay. you can stay on. Uh, so I was there for about a year. Um, but in that time I was able to grow close with God. Um, you know, so there's Bible studies. Yeah. Um, obviously it's a Christian based program. Um, I kind of lost my train of thought there. Sorry. Um, you're doing Bible studies. You're going through this program at Salvation Army. Yeah, so and then, then uh, I worked the the donation booth. So in that okay. time, when you're when you're not busy, I remember I had a like a looks like a mini radio, but it played the Bible. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then I remember writing and taking so many notes, reading through um, the New Testament over and over again. Um, so that was that was real wonderful. Yeah. Um, and there was a couple people that had graduated the program one I, I won't say his name but he was real great yeah. um so he became a mentor he went to a baptist college okay. down south and um he ended up kind of mentoring me through some of that and kind of helping me walk into what my faith meant okay. and who christ was yeah. is um by the time i graduated that well i guess i backtrack a little bit um in april of that year Two things happened. Two really important things happened in my life. Um, I started going to CR. Okay. Celebrate Recovery. Yeah. Um, with Pastor Dan and so many other wonderful, wonderful people. Um, and then I also started working with a caseworker to get my kids back. Okay. So CR was something... We looked forward to every single Friday night. A yeah. bunch of us get uh, get on the van and come out here, and then um, there's always a teaching, a meal, and, um, you know, then you have your life group or, um, you know, whatever your group was, there was, there was a group for it. So yeah. I remember sharing quite a bit and forming some good, honest relationships with people that uh, – just having someone to listen, yeah. that's that's huge. So, I mean, I really, really appreciate uh, that whole ministry, Pastor Dan. And mm. um, it also helped me to get plugged in here at Edgewood, yeah. which is obviously now where I where I am still. Um, and then growing, growing through all that, I, I, I struggled to get my kids back. Yeah. It was extremely hard. Um, not for lack of trying. Right. Because that system's not set up to make it easy. Mm-hmm. Um Every time I'd get a step forward, I feel like I'd go two steps back. Yeah. Um, so by the time I moved out of the ARC in Davenport, um, I had an apartment. I was trying to get my kids back. Well, then the pandemic started. Oh, okay. And an Illinois law said that my kids couldn't come see me. Mm. I, I'm not sure how that all worked out. So when that started, that extended things. Okay. So, and were you working at this point? Yeah, Where yeah. Where were you so, working here? Um, I got my first job was at uh, Pepsi Bottling Company in Davenport, okay. coming out of the ARC, um, which is wonderful. They, uh, they're they very good about hiring people like me and mm-hmm. very understanding. So I, I really appreciate that opportunity to kind of get the wheels turning again, get rid of all the cobwebs. And yeah. Um, so, yeah, I worked there for a short while before I went to uh, another company, um, started building fence. Um, this whole time, you know, I'm obviously still going to meetings. Uh, at that point, I believe I was still going to CR. Okay. Um, you know, and then uh, trying to get the kids back. 
Um, it wasn't until April of 20. Okay. I was real close to getting them back. And then the woman that was their foster mother um, lied and was saying that I was doing terrible things to the kids, you know, hurting them. And um, that threw up so many red flags. And there's not a there's not a chance to defend yourself in that scenario. Yeah. Um, so that kind of put me back to square one. Okay. Um, I did the weekend visits, supervised visits, all that for another year or so um, before I really got the opportunity to start having my overnights and getting them back that way. Um, in December of 20, um, I started dating. Um, I met my wife, Sarah, who is the most wonderful woman. <laughs> I'm not kidding. She's so, so good. So good. Um, uh, on Facebook dating app of all okay. things. So, okay. um, no meet cute story there, but, uh, <laughs> you know, and Sarah will say something too. Uh, when I was using that app, I was, it's very important to me that I put a Bible verse yeah. in my bio mm -hmm. and Sarah saw that and I saw okay. hers and that's kind of what drew us to one another. Okay. Um, yeah. I met her and then we started, we went on our first date after Christmas um, after a few months we were engaged. Wow. Yeah. I mean, um, that was just, uh, the perfect timing. Yeah. Um, Sarah got to meet my boys on December, not December, um, March of 21, we started doing overnights. Okay. Um, so Sarah got to meet them. I, yeah. I, I won't forget the first time that uh, Sarah was coming to meet him. We were going to go to the trampoline park. Okay. Sarah walked in the door, and her hands were shaking. She was so nervous. <laughs> <She's> so nervous. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, that, was, uh, that was a special moment that I, I don't think I'll ever forget. Okay. Um, we fast forward five more months till September of 21, September 18th, because I do know our anniversary. Yeah, I'm good. <laughs> That's good. It's important. <laughs> um, we got married. Um, shortly after that, she was able to adopt the boys. Okay. Um, that has been such a blessing. That's awesome. Uh, yeah. Um, I've started, you know, another job, uh, you know, working for a Ford store. Um, you know, and life's kind of humming along. I was talking to you a little bit before the show. Um, Life before and light after, I don't think night and day covers it. Yeah. Um, and I kind of said that uh, it's like a, sometimes my life feels like it's that perfect TV show. Mm. Um, what Christ did for me, I can never, ever repay. Mm. Um, the love I've seen and received, the, the opportunities he's given me, um, before I was, I was pretty hopeless. Mm -hmm. Um, there was a point in time where I tried to commit suicide. Thankfully it didn't even come close to working, but mm. there, there was no hope. Yeah. Um, I was, I was down. I was sad. I was self-serving, selfish, um, worried about myself. Any bad adjective you can think of, I was probably that. Mm. Yeah. Um, 
And then when I met Christ, I became a new person. Yeah. And um, I was giving. I was loving. I was listening. Um, I wanted to help. I wanted to try new things. I wanted to try harder. I wanted to be disciplined. I wanted mm-hmm. to care more. Um, I wanted to tell people about my love for God, especially at that beginning when I, and I think back and I chuckle about it, but I didn't really have any knowledge, but I don't think you need to have so much knowledge. I think the important thing is you have the love mm. and that you are preaching Christ. Um, there was a verse and there was a time when I was homeless and I was wandering. There was a church in Milan. They had a little billboard kind of like ours. Okay. Um, and there was a verse on it. And it was Matthew 28, 20. And it just says, and I will be with you always till the end of the age. Um, and I hung on to that yeah. like it was a lifeline. Mm. Um, and the Great Commission is the most wonderful verse in the Bible, I believe. <laughs> um, I look back and I wonder if someone had tried reaching out to me, had things have, could they have been different? Yeah. Um, there was probably three incidences, incidents in my life where I can think of where someone was trying to preach Christ to me. Okay. So you got to figure I was, what was five years ago? I was 26, 27 when I became saved mm-hmm. and only three incidents in my life. So that to me is, <laughs> I don't know how that happens. If, if I was an unusual one that slipped through the cracks or if that's an all too common thing, mm. um, I worked with a carpenter. Um, he tried getting me to go to a like a men's retreat, and I was, okay. I was at that point in time I was not kind of like what hang out with a bunch of guys and yeah, that doesn't sing cool about God. I don't know. <laughs> right. At that point in time, I certainly wasn't having anything anything of it. Yeah, um, I had a chance to see him since I've been saved okay. and sober, and I got to tell him thank you. Wow. And uh, that's cool. You know, he was real joyful and he's just this big old guy and he's got he guffaws if you if you know that word i mean just these big belly laughs um so that was a joy and i got to thank him and a couple other people that didn't preach christ to me but they lived it Mm. and i saw that okay so and and that's very important yeah um so i know in our group i i like to talk about how easy it is and how easy it should be to preach christ um I think it's coming from a true appreciation and authentic feeling of love for what he's done for me. Yes. Um, When I think about where I was and where I'm at now, it's like winning the lottery. Um, So I want to share that with as many people as I can. And now I'm probably not the most eloquent, uh, but I will be the most enthusiastic. Mm. And I will try. Um, and I want everyone to know what I've got and how I've gotten it. Um, I may leave out some of these details that some of you have heard today, <laughs> but I try to get the basics right. Yeah. Well, that's good, man. Because, I mean, when your life has changed, you want to tell people. That's natural, I think, to do that. And then I believe the longer you're saved, the longer you're a believer, the more you're going to learn, the more you're going to grow, the more you're going to be able to explain it better to people, (laughs) you know what I mean? But like the enthusiasm, I mean, that you see that with people whose, whose lives God changes and 
dramatic ways. And mm-hmm. I think that's always that's always an incredible thing to see. We saw it. You see it in, throughout Scripture. You see it in the early church when they go out and share that with other people, mm-hmm. and more people come in. And um, they weren't trained. They didn't mm-hmm. have that education. You mm-hmm. know, like they may have gotten that later on, but they were just sharing what God had done in their lives. Mm-hmm. And I think that is the most powerful thing that we can share is our own story. Yeah, it really is. it's uh, it's special and. Um, I don't get to give out the details very much. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, I'll be honest with you, I've missed probably a lot um, today. But, you know, that just gives you an opportunity yeah. to get to know me and learn more about me. But um, there's so much to it. Yeah. And there's so much to every person you see on the street or every person you see struggling. You can think back to this story I've told, and they've got their own version. Yeah. And at that point in time, they may be begging, their soul may be crying out for Christ mm-hmm. and they just don't know what that is yeah. or what that feels like or looks like. Yeah. So if you ever see someone, I beg you because the difference in my life is, it's life and death, mm-hmm. eternal life mm-hmm. or eternal damnation. Um, speak to that person, listen to the Holy Spirit Yeah. because I am that person i'm here i'm that proof i'm that i'm just those people yeah um you've been there yes where they've been and also um god allowing you to go through some of those things to the point where now when you see people in those situations, you feel for them. You know what it feels like. You, you've you been there before, and you're able to speak into their lives more than someone like I could, who doesn't have the same story mm-hmm. as you do. Uh, and so I think that's incredible how God uses that, uses our different stories, our, our different backgrounds, and how he saved us, what he saved us from. He uses that in people's lives to speak into their situation that they're in currently. So... Um, and I appreciate you just being faithful in that. And I know you're trying to live that out now in your workplace <laughs> and with your boys and, yeah. and your family. Um, what are some of those things that you guys, that you do just to kind of personally live out your faith day to day? What does it look like now? Um, for one, uh, attending church. Yeah. Uh, I love our growth group. Mm-hmm. Uh, I really appreciate everyone in there. Uh, little things like, uh, making sure you're preaching Christ at home. My boys know the story. They know how it all goes, but they do want to see us live it out. Um, They do want us to read to them. Um, Ollie's getting a little old, but, um, you know, serving others. And I'll be honest, that's an area I could improve on, Mm -hmm. finding ways to serve others. Um, But doing that, telling people about Christ, um, and it doesn't have to be some fancy story. Um, I joke around, just put on a t-shirt that says, Christ follower or something, mm-hmm. or ask me about Jesus. Yeah. Um, cause if people know that conversation starter there, yeah. or if someone just knows you're about that, they may at one point use that to reach out to you. Mm-hmm. Um, there's so many things we can, we can be doing that I can be doing that, mm-hmm. you know, everyone can be doing to, um, live out their faith. Um, I guess one thing that's always, that's kind of interested, interested me you know, being as though the great commission and all, Mm -hmm. um, mission work, um, that'd be an exciting thing. I think I would like to look into in the future. Um, I think that'd be really, really neat. So, um, 
That's good, man. Yeah. We're going to have <laughs> a lot of upcoming opportunities, so yeah. we'll be talking more about that. So, yeah, I guess that's the, that's the lesson from today is just be willing to share your story. God has given you a unique story, each and every one of us. You might not think your story is dramatic or had a lot, a lot of crazy ups and downs. Perhaps your story is a lot different than Dylan's story or my story. Uh, but God has given you, he's given me a unique story in order to share that with others. And um, he's going to give us opportunities, but we have to be looking for them. We have to be walking by God's spirit and and uh, not miss those opportunities. Because right. we can do that if we're not paying attention, we're not looking forward and looking up. So right, right. anyways, Dylan, thanks so much, man, for sharing your story yeah. with us. It's just uh, exciting to see all that God has done in your life, saving you in a very miraculous way, using Anchor for the Soul. Uh, we hand these out here at church all the time. And I hear there's many other crazy stories about how God has used this this book <laughs> in people's lives. And I know Pastor Ray has shared some of those and, and Brian is very involved with that ministry. Mm-hmm. Uh, but anyways, thanks again, Dylan. Um, appreciate you all tuning in uh, to this episode of the 4G podcast. Uh, do us a favor and share this with others. If you're listening to this on a podcast platform, you can... Uh, leave us a rating and review. It'll help us to get this podcast out there to more people and uh, keep spreading the word and keep encouraging people. And so that's the plan. But thanks so much for tuning in today and we'll see you next week. Bye.